Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at All Care Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. Minister for Public Expenditure, National Development Plan, Delivery and Reform, Pascal Donoghue, you're very welcome to the studio this morning. Good morning, Claire. Thanks for having me on your programme. Now, Minister, I'm sure you've seen these reports this morning and brought up in the doll yesterday about the number of elderly people who can't pay their energy bills. Really shocking stuff. Jerry Clark there in the Indo this morning, nearly €1,700, euro, that's what he's facing. Kitty from Trim, a bill of €1,000. What are you saying to those people? What do they do? Uh, so we have made every effort to help those who are affected by the rising cost of energy because we absolutely appreciate that for so many it is having a huge impact on their living standards and add to anxiety about the future. The government has taken steps in relation to us. Since the 1st of January last year, we've spent nearly €9 billion Euro of your listeners' money on measures to help, including many measures last year that were aimed and targeted at the elderly. And this year alone, as you know, we have a further energy credit coming and then payments of one to €200 for people who will be affected the most why we maintain the lower rate of VAT okay. and gas and electricity. But look at look at Jerry's situation there with that bill of €1,700. Euros. So he gets his €200 euro rebate and whatever other benefits he gets, he still has to pay a huge chunk of money. He doesn't have it. Like, what are you saying to him? Go to the Social Welfare Office, ring the St Vincent de Paul. What are people to do? So first and foremost, in situations like that, that sound so difficult, every effort has to be made to resolve individual bills like that in a fair way. And uh, of course, the state is available to help when it can through local social welfare offices. But I would hope for bills of that scale, direct engagement would be possible with the energy company that might facilitate the payment of it in a different way. Mm -hmm. But what we are doing uh, in the round is making many, many different forms of support available for people generally. And as I said, there's the other 200 euro energy credit to come. But I do appreciate, while I can make the case for how we have spent the country's money to help at a really difficult time, for so many, it is still so hard. And we will do what we can to help, and we are. Now, this new levy on above-normal profits, which is mooted, it's mentioned today in the Irish Independent, what what does that mean? What is above-normal, in your view? So the government will give, uh, is giving consideration uh, to what kind of steps would be needed if we were to see a situation in which very high levels of profit are being made. Uh, Very broadly, we do understand uh, that there is going to take some time for change in energy prices on global markets to feed through into lower prices for consumers here at home. But bills did go up for many over a few months. They shouldn't take a few years to come down again. Mm -hmm. To deal with your particular question then regarding what super normal levels of profit could look like, What we will do and would need to do is benchmark the level of profit that could be made versus the level of profit that would have been experienced before the war and before we saw changes in energy prices and therefore profitability. And are you prepared to call them in? Because it's also reported in that paper this morning that there's a reluctance to bring in the energy companies. Is there? Oh, we're prepared and will engage directly with them. And indeed, Minister Eamon Ryan already has when this issue was developing across last year in relation to many other issues, he engaged with them directly. Mm -hmm. We will and can do that again. But I think in fairness to the point you're raising, Claire, it will need more than just engagement. And the two steps that are open to the government to consider is number one, 
whether a level of windfall taxation will be needed uh, if we do see profits begin to change in the way I've just described. And number two then, for any companies that will be associated with the state, as I've said on a number of occasions, whether a further or a different level of dividend will be required. Mm-hmm. Now, you made a decision not to carry on with the energy credit beyond the one that's coming around now. Do you think, given what we've seen with those extraordinary bills now that elderly people are getting, everybody's getting them, but it hits those people very hard, that perhaps you need to look at that again? So uh, the next time we will reconsider where we are with the energy credit will be when we get to preparing Budget 2024. So despite seeing those bills yesterday in the Dáil, you're not prepared to revisit that? But Claire, with respect, this is the reason why we brought in targeted measures. Uh, I think if we had brought in uh, further repeats of the energy credit, I think I'd be facing two very different issues. The first one is each energy credit uh, represents 400 million euro of the country's money. Yeah, it's not, and, that's not targeted though. And it, you know? Which is my second point. It's not targeted course. at the 97 year old now. And I just wonder but, what, look, but I, I accept what you're saying. You've spent loads of money. You've tried to help a lot of people. And now you're saying that you've targeted them, even though the 200 euro is going to everybody. But is that woman supposed to turn off the heating now? But uh, you just identified the second point I was going on to make. If we had brought in an energy credit, uh, it would be untargeted and given the same help to everybody. Whereas instead what we have done is used €410 million Euro of the country's money to provide targeted measures to help. And of course we don't and won't be in a situation where anybody has to turn off their energy and turn off their heat well, I don't due know to a what bill else like that. supposed to do. I, d- I don't really know what that woman is supposed to do. So there are two further steps that are available. The first one is, is that... You know, the government, through our energy regulator, continues to give guidance regarding the need for connect- connections to be maintained and for people to continue to have access to energy while steps are being taken to pay off some of the bill. And secondly, in relation to an exceptional bill like that, which clearly is exceptional um, in relation to some of the, you know, the, the cases you've raised there, engagement should happen between the customer and the energy company. And of course, we will continue to look at how this issue develops during the year. Uh, but I do believe the best response now is targeted measures okay. to provide help. And just briefly, did you accept Electric Ireland's explanation around why they were able to cut this week bills for businesses and uh, on electricity and gas and not for regular domestic consumers? So it's one that I can understand for now. Uh, from my understanding of how energy markets function, the, uh, uh, the price levels that are set for business customers more closely correlates to changes that happen in energy markets than it does for consumers. And if you look at the business sector, the prices for some of them went up quicker than it did for households. So I can understand that Mm -hmm. argument for now. But I do go back to the point that I made to you earlier on, that if we do see signs of stability or improvement generally in wholesale energy prices in Europe and across the world, that has to feed through to consumers at the same speed as the spikes in those energy prices fed through to increases in their prices. Now, the Irish Times and the Irish Daily Mail reporting that AIB will tell us today that 1,900 of their borrowers secured private debt write-offs of more than 90% since the financial crash. Are you happy with the optics of that? I think the optics clearly need explanation, uh, which is why it is important that the uh, uh, executives from AIB did decide to go into the Oireachtas Finance Committee today. The two, broad, the two points I would make about uh, the policy issues here is firstly, we were dealing with levels of private commercial debt 
in the aftermath of the global financial crisis uh, that were unsustainable. And they were posing a massive challenge to people's ability to get by, not to mention the ability for jobs to be kept and retained within our country. And in that context, I do understand why, after very exhaustive and demanding processes, debt write-downs may have occurred. Mm -hmm. But it does lead on to the second point then, that it is critical then, and I hope and expect this will happen today, that our banks will be able to demonstrate that these debt write-downs happened after other measures were explored and they happened after a process took place and that they were fairly applied. Yes, and you need to know about the decision-making process around that because we know some people were chased for every penny and and others were basically let off. And that leads on to the point there I was making, the second point there regarding what was the process that got to that point because there are issues, obviously, of equity that do need to be publicly okay. explained. Uh, I want also to, to the taxpayer, may yeah, I add. I want to ask you about um, VAT, because I know you're expecting uh, VAT returns to be similar um, to what we saw last month, and that's pretty strong, right? And yet we have this decision, which you made with your government colleagues, to leave VAT at 9% for the hospitality industry. Now, I remember you saying last autumn that that was going to go back to where it originally was, and that's what you believed should happen come March of this year. What's the logic behind the decision? So the logic is, is that we have a hospitality sector for other reasons continues to have difficulties in trading uh, uh, and they're a massively important employer within our country and I have huge respect for them. You said in September of 2022, it's my full expectation that the VAT would go back to the normal rate from the 1st of March and that's what I believe should happen. Uh, And it was at that point. But obviously, for example, what has happened since then is we have a hospitality sector that's also been affected by the rising cost of energy. Uh, and and you've ver- put the business support scheme in place for we every did. business. And what's important for me in the round, in the measures that we announced with Minister McGrath, is we have very clear exit strategies for all of the different tax reductions that were put in place. Do you fully support leaving the VAT at 9% oh, I, for now I in the abso- hospitality sector? I absolutely do. Because, because I, I also I, remember a conversation I had with you when I asked you about tax breaks for landlords. And you said to me, if I do that for landlords, I'll have to do it for other sectors as well. You can single out one sector and you were very clear on that. But this, but, this, is, this does that. This does precisely that. But this is why, though, uh, it's this point then regarding how you treat sectors and how you treat tax measures in the round is one of the reasons why I very strongly support the measures that have been announced by the government. And the reason for that is we are announcing over a period of time how excise reductions that were put in place at a time of difficulty, and we still have a high, many difficulties regarding the cost of living, as you've correctly raised with me in the interview. We have, in the announcement that we've made, plans in place regarding how the VAT reduction for the hospitality sector and general excise reductions, we will gradually reverse them over the year. And I believe that is the appropriate Mm -hmm and correct way of handling that There's issue. been a lot of comment about the power of Adrian Cummins from the Restaurants Association as a lobbyist and it's striking that his logic around why the hospitality rate should be at 9% centres around if it changed it would lead to a spike in inflation and that mirrors exactly what the Minister for Finance said last week going into Cabinet. That might make people a little bit queasy that they have the same reasons the lobbyist and the Minister for doing this. Uh, but but again, I have little doubt at all that if the government had gone ahead with a change in VAT from the 1st of March, and I was in, I'm in your studio now and that increase had actually happened, we'd be facing and you'd be putting questions to me regarding how a hospitality sector can cope 
with an increase in VAT when they're facing many other challenges as well. And you would be making the point to me, are we not adding to inflationary pressures? And what I believe has been correctly done here in this package is a little bit more time has been given to deliver a gradual exit from that VAT reduction. And that is also consistent with how we are handling other tax changes. Okay, I want to move on to Niall Collins, the Minister of State, who's responded to the controversy that has arisen in relation to a planning application that he made in 2001. He's been given far more latitude, hasn't he, to explain his position than your own party colleague, Damien English. So uh, Minister Collins is a member of government. Uh, He's still a Minister of State. He has given an explanation uh, that... uh, I do accept, but I'm very conscious, as I'm sure he is, that this is a matter that happened over 20 years ago. And what he is doing correctly is taking time to make sure he fully understands uh, the file, any issues associated with it. And I understand he will come into the door then and make a statement on the matter. So how is that different from Damien English's position? Well, uh, uh, Deputy English did resign as a Minister of State, and Mm. I think that is the key difference. Um, um, Minister Collins will be coming in to the Dáil to give a full explanation on the matter. But I do think... So what was the right course of action then? Was it Damien English saying I'm gone himself and Niall Collins waiting it out? But Niall Collins is coming into the Dáil to make a statement with regard to the matter and he said he will do so. Mm -hmm. What I really do understand is given how long ago it is since this matter happened, he wants to be sure that he's in a position to give a full answer on the matter. Uh, I fully accept what he has said on the matter uh, and equally I support what he is doing in making a statement in the Doyle and I know he wants to do that. So you accept his explanation and you support him, is that what you're saying? Yes, I do, but it is also important that a statement is made in the Doyle, which he will do. Okay, your own situation, the Irish Independent this morning saying no minutes kept at more than a dozen meetings held by Donoghue and Stone. This refers to Mm. your businessman, the businessman and your friend Michael Stone. When did you, why did you meet him? at least 13 times, according to that report, and not seek to have minutes kept of those meetings? So I met him when he was chair of the North East Inner City Task Force. Uh, That's when I met him. I met him that number of times over many years. And the reason why uh, I didn't uh, take minutes of the meeting is uh, in those meetings, which happened when I was in my constituency, they were normally, uh, in fact, they were exclusively focused on the work of the North East Inner City Task Force. Mm. You, but you, you say that and we have to accept that now because we don't know any different. And you are meeting a very powerful and successful businessman. You are a very senior minister. People would expect that proper records would be kept of those meetings. That would be the proper protocol, wouldn't it? But the context of this is about the North East Inner City Task Force. Mm. And I do appreciate the point that you're making that, you know, you're depending on the explanation that I'm offering here, but it is the truth. Uh, Michael Stone, on a voluntary basis, was heading up for five and a half years, nearly six years, a project to tackle deep issues, many of which were located in my constituency. When I met him, it was about that work. He was giving me updates in relation to it because I wasn't involved in that work, because it was separate to my role as a minister or a constituency TD, I didn't take notes from it. Yeah. But, I, but I think, Claire, if I hadn't met the person who was doing work and responding back to a huge challenge within the North East in the city, 
that wouldn't have been appropriate either. I got updates in those meetings over five years. Mm-hmm. But it's about access, isn't it? It's about ready access to a senior minister. And even if you were discussing your favourite football team, what you're discussing doesn't really matter. Not everybody gets access to the Minister for Finance as you were at that time. But that's, I'm sorry, where I do differ with you. It does matter what we are talking about. And that's where I, I would make the case. What we were talking about is a unique pioneering piece of work that Mr Stone was doing exemplary work on, on a voluntary basis, giving up his own time and doing work that is making a real difference. That, and I think it's really important to make that point. But you're that asking access, us to trust you, like Jerry with his bill now for €1,700, Euro, he's not going to get the chance to talk to you about that. That is the point, isn't it? I, I accept the point, but it is access about how we can make a difference to a task force that was making such a difference and I hope can make a difference in the future to healthcare, to the work that students are doing, to housing projects. Yep. And I, I, as a minister who's also a TD in the constituency, wanted to support an endeavour that can make a difference. He was doing this but work on a voluntary basis. Given that it's an issue now, though, would minutes of those types of meetings be kept? Uh, so, given the nature of the meetings, I did not take minutes in relation but would to you, it. Would you from it here on? And look, if I look into the future, Claire, in relation to this work again, of course there are things that I will handle differently, including maybe that. Okay. But it is the case, and I just couldn't emphasise this point enough, that that engagement was about how we can make a difference to communities right. that needed support. Minister, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Minister Pascal Donoghue. Thank you, Claire. Text 51551 Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.